Hello there, and welcome to the Citizen ATX podcast. We are in our series called Get Behind Me Santa. And we hope that you have enjoyed our conversations about the pitfalls of the Christmas season, the dealing with things like grief, dealing with things like craziness and family, and uh, things, other things of that nature. And so today, I'm with Jonathan Spencer on the podcast. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I am good. Merry Christmas, Matthew. Merry Christmas, indeed. Tis the season. We're still a couple of weeks out, though, so I still have some version of my sanity and something left in my bank account at this point. But that is actually what we're talking about today. We're, we are going to be launching in to a conversation about consumerism and Christmas. And we've entitled this Santa Claus, but with dollar signs for the S's. I felt like that was clever. Was that clever, Jonathan? I don't know. That was kind of weak. But like, they can't read that when you say it. So. Look, look, you can't bat a thousand, okay? So, know, yeah, that, but anyway, one of the things that we, we see in the criticism of the Christmas season is a consumer mentality that seems to be widespread throughout the season. There's all this pressure to keep up with neighbors and to provide the perfect Christmas for your family. And we feel that weight during the season. So... Today, one of the, what we're going to talk about is we're going we are going to look at the role of consumerism in the Christmas season, and then kind of try to take some time to to understand how it got that way. And so, I do kind of want to open this up though with a question that was unplanned, so Jonathan was not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan, what is the worst gift you've ever been given for Christmas? Oh gosh. Have you ever opened that opened that package expectantly and then just started crying real tears when you got something just terrible for Christmas? <laughs> I can't remember a uh, just one terrible thing. I think as a kid, yeah, well, well, they're all. Well, no, I got a lot of problems with some, you people. <laughs> I've had some good ones, but I think I think when I remember when I'm when you're little, you always get disappointed when you have the box and you shake it. You know it's closed. Yeah. And I remember I remember that would happen often when I was little. Which yeah. the irony is, as you get older, you kind of want clothes. Mm-hmm. Even as an adult, I get excited if I know it's closed now. But I would say probably from those little ages of probably like five to twelve shaking the box and seeing its clothes, which my parents always wanted to give us during Christmas for some reason, like like essential things, like underwear and socks and things like that. We'd get other gifts, but those were like supplemental side gifts. Toilet paper, like, water. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, these are just things you have to give your kids as parents. This is not like, this is just your job. This isn't yeah. a gift, but I would guess that, probably the, the clothes. I always had an issue with the clothes specifically of getting a sweater because we mm-hmm. live in Texas. There's about one day a year where you can wear a sweater and not feel like death. And yes. so- I would get that. I'm like, oh, great. Another thing to hang up in the closet that I will never wear. <laughs> or when I do wear it because it's hung up in there so long and it has those weird points on the shoulders, yes. you know? And so, yeah. I mean, I think that all of us, even you listener, are thinking through your life and chuckling about a bad gift that was given. Another thing that tended to happen, and at least it has happened, I've seen at least, is that going to family occasions where you're forced to give gifts to family members that you don't really know that well, yep. the... Uh, the um, hated drawing of the names you ever you mm-hmm. ever do that yeah that's always fun because you get in there and then you get some kind of random gift that you you don't want and maybe nobody ever would have wanted <laughs> and then you ask that question why are we even doing this i know and then you get to like the weird place where you just want to give money because you know that they would appreciate that more <laughs> but then you feel like you've morally failed if you give the money because now suddenly you don't care when actually that's what they would care most for it, it makes no sense yeah we, we're living in a giving paradox here i know it is and so, I mean, that does raise the question first to me as we were talking about Christmas, like where the origin of this all came from. Um, you know, when 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 we think about it, it's kind of arbitrary. When we think about most traditions, everything's kind of arbitrary, right? Like why at the Christmas season is there a tree? Why are there, why are there ornaments? Things like that. 
um, if this if the celebration is particular to the birth of Christ, I don't see them giving him a Nintendo DS for <laughs> you know there in the stable and or Mary Mary opening her Lulu lemon uh, <laughs> yoga, yoga pants. pants. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. So Jonathan, I mean, do you have any idea of where some of these origins come from? Like, is there anything biblical that we could look at? As far as biblical, I'd say loosely. Obviously, you could connect it there to the Magi, to the wise mm-hmm. men. They did bring gifts. the The irony is they brought those for Jesus. You know, yeah. so there it, it kind of got backwards. Where then in light of Jesus. This, we now give gifts to each other mm-hmm. so it kind of it kind of went full circle but i would say biblically that's probably where part of the tradition goes back to but then also of course old santa old santa old became santa. became famous because he's based off a real man named saint nick who was a gift giver so yeah. i'd say that's probably where the other trace would be yeah i've always thought there, saint nicholas is an interesting guy because i mean he was a, a turkish dude for mm-hmm. one thing so whenever you get in your, your christmas trivia contest that's always in there where <laughs> saint nicholas originally from so Listener, yeah, that one's for free. He's from Turkey, um, but you know he he was known for uh, finding families that were in need and then bringing gifts for the children in there. And so it, you know that that's kind of one of those that became part of the the tradition and Saint uh, Saint Nicholas being the patron saint of the Christmas holiday and everything. But you know now when we get to United States, you know, the United States in the year two thousand and twenty two thousand twenty one. You know, I looked up a couple stats about this. Now, the expected spending per family, American family on, or no, excuse me, expected spending per American on gifts this year is is guessed to be uh, $998 a person. Mm. And then, uh, now that Amazon Prime has taken over the world, uh, there's an expectation of $226 billion worth of gifts bought online this Christmas season. And so, I mean, we... we the idea, we can debate whether Christmas is a consumer holiday or not. It, I mean, it is like <laughs> absolutely become that. And so here in the net, we're going to take a short break, and then in the next segment, we're going to start talking about this. How do we, as a culture, get from the point where you have these three kings bringing gifts to the Savior, and a guy, a guy who just had a penchant for climbing down chimneys and giving gifts to kids? How did that turn into what we live in today? So hang in there, and we will be back here in a couple minutes on the Citizen ATX podcast. Talking about Santa Claus with dollar signs in it. I'm not going to let it go. It's a great title. <laughs> it will be copyrighted in the future. But we are talking about the rise of consumerism in the Christmas season and how we as Christians um, should be responding to it. And so one of the first, we, we talked in that last segment a little bit about kind of the history of why gifts are given at Christmas. But I think one of the questions we need to talk about now is how did it get to this point? 
most people, most shows that you watch, um, I mean, we can all remember, most of us can remember the Charlie Brown Christmas special where Charlie Brown is freaking out because Lucy wants to buy an aluminum tinfoil tree and all that. <laughs> and Snoopy wins the decorating contest. And that was, and that was from what, the 60s? Mm -hmm. uh, and so now, obviously, we still have this concern. So Jonathan, how, how did in our culture we get to this point where um, consumerism was such a pro has become such a problem in, in the midst of Christmas. I think the intentions were originally good because if you think about this time of year, we're, we're always by nature reflective. We kind of talked about this on another episode that towards the end of the year, you're reflective looking back on the last year, but Christmas makes you reflect really about your blessings, about the good things in your life. You're starting to count those. And of course you're counting, if you're a Christian, the biggest blessing in Jesus Christ. So there's a heart of gratitude uh, that just kind of comes this time of year, hopefully, God willing. And with that, I think it calls people to action, that if you've been blessed, you want to bless others and you want to express that same uh, love that you feel like you've already received. So I think at the deepest sense, there actually is a spiritual foundation to that, that we've, we're celebrating the, the greatest gift that we've ever received mm -hmm. in Christ and we're counting our blessings. And now I think that triggers in us a reaction to go express love and it yeah. threw a gift to someone else. But I think that's how it started. It actually, there probably was some nobility behind it originally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I don't know that, I mean, the reality is we, we still mean to do good things by what we give. We don't usually give a gift saying, well, I hope you die. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's, 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 that doesn't make any sense. But I mean, we, we start getting into then, starting from the point of something good beginning to be warped, right? And in this, so often what we do in our lives, we're, we're hungry and, the, and a natural and good thing to do would be to go eat. And instead, well, not instead, but we go, when we go eat, we buy four Torchy's tacos and a full thing of chips and queso and then, then uh, go to sleep waiting for slow death after mm -hmm. eating that much. We, we have, we have this, this issue of just pushing the pendulum too far when it comes to trying to do the right thing. Um, and instead, it's like hitting a fly with a hammer. Um, and so, Jonathan, I mean, what what are some of the things that have that you feel like have uh, in, in in our secular city uh, that have begun warping that have warped the good desire to give gifts at Christmas? I think one of the biggest problems with it is it's become the primary expression and measuring stick for people's love. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I think you, you hit it right. I think Satan Satan by nature takes things that are good and he twists them. That's what that's what he does, and that's really how he tries to lead us away from God's original purposes. So he'll take good gifts and I believe he'll try to manipulate that for the wrong purposes. And now there's a lot of people out there, especially this time of year that we measure either our love for someone or someone's love for us mm -hmm. via something materialistic. Yeah. And I think that's where it's kind of all gone haywires. That's mm -hmm. become the measuring stick versus true love that yeah. actually is in your heart and your relationship and the way you interact mm -hmm. with one another. It's all come down to this boiling point of what gift are you gonna give or yeah. what gift are you gonna receive? And then mm -hmm. you can actually judge how much somebody really cares. And there, there's a lot packed in there, right? Like. Uh, one of the things that I wrote down when we were preparing for this was something that I'm calling the Christmas story effect, mm -hmm. patent pending. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just full of them today. Um, but what, what if you've seen the movie The Christmas Story, it's this big nostalgic movie from the 50s. And the entire movie, the kid basically spends the whole time pining after a um, what, what, what is the, the brand of it? It has this kind of oh, funny I can't name. remember the like BB gun, I can't red, remember. Red, red Robin or yeah. Red Rifle, but yeah. a, a BB gun basically. And this, this kid spends the whole movie wanting it so bad and his family's just kind of an average family doesn't have a ton of money 
and you, you kind of see this this longing of you know the, the areas where because they didn't have a, they didn't have a ton of money they weren't getting just everything that mm-hmm. they wanted and i think now historically a lot of people look back to their childhood and have this longing for i w- there were a lot of things that i wish i could have had or gotten but my family didn't have no money enough and now that i'm an adult i have control over that so i'm going to give my children or my friends the kind of things that i wanted the amount of things that i that i think that i would have wanted when i was their age when i think it's misplaced uh, a misplaced understanding also of where joy really comes from once yeah. again it's satan kind of twisting the purpose of christmas because mm-hmm. we're told joy came to the world through christ yeah but then when we get into that kind of mindset and headspace we start thinking joy comes from these things mm-hmm. and i missed out on that when i was young so i didn't yeah. have that joy i want to give that joy to my kids when the reality is that's not going to make them joyful, it'll give them some mm-hmm. temporal happiness. Yeah. But, but, uh, but I think that's where it all gets twisted and out of whack is that those become the end all be all. That that mm-hmm. is what they need so that they can have what they what they're looking for, and yeah. that's obviously antithetical to the gospel. Yeah, because oftentimes when when you think back to your dearest uh, Christmas memories, even though there are gifts that we loved, most of them. You know, we we hung on to for a little while and then yeah. never used again. I mean, I, I can I have Game Boys back at my parents' <laughs> house that I have not ever pulled back out. You know, I mean, st- stuff um, rots and fades and decays, and um, and so with that, I mean, we we I think because we're trying to capture something, a moment, a memory, um, just happiness in general, we think well, the easiest, not the easiest, but the most apparent thing is I can just buy this and I can buy the happiness for my family. Well, I think you that word easiest actually might be an appropriate word to bring up too because yeah. I think it is. I think it becomes gifts can become the easy cheap way of showing love. Mm-hmm. That yeah, it'll cost you something, but you can swipe it on a card or do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes people also use gifts this time of year to really cover relational sins of mm-hmm. all year. Like yeah. where where sometimes you might be distant from someone or maybe you haven't been the husband, the wife, the whatever, the the parent, the kid. And you give gifts in some ways trying to either make up or and sometimes even buy off, you know, mm-hmm. bad behavior. Yeah. Um, but it becomes, I think, a cheap way that, that we think that's the way we're going to express love. But I've known people, and I'm sure you've been the same way, Matt, where I've known people that have received gifts their whole lives from loved ones. Mm-hmm. But they're not real. They don't really feel loved because yeah. they've 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 just been given things over and over. Yeah. Uh, but the relationship's a mess. Yeah. It's it's you know again it's something that's good and and love can be can be shown through giving. But if it's if it's the only way and if and if the person who is receiving it doesn't necessarily receive love that way, mm-hmm. like when we talk about you know um, the five love languages yeah. and things like that. Um, it kind of winds up being kind of lost. Yep. But there is also another cause to this that is, I think, external to us, which, you know, is obviously media and commercials. You know, Jonathan, you have three kids. I have two. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I had forgotten, because we <laughs> li- now live in the world of streaming services, mm-hmm. is how stupid commercials are. Yeah. Like, there are these things called LOL dolls out there now. <laughs> I will go downstairs, and my kids will have turned on YouTube and are watching kids playing with toys yeah. that they don't have. Yeah. And there is so what role do you think like media and commercials and 
subliminal messaging have to you know do to all of this? Well, it's it's all of it, and I think I think it's not just kids. I think you're right. Kids see what they want, and I want that. You know, mm-hmm. comes out all the time when you watch a commercial or whatever. Well, and that's natural. I mean, as a kid, yeah, you'd be weird if you didn't want cool things, right? Well, and I think kids compare themselves to each other, and so mm-hmm. when you know their buddy has this or that, they want this or that. They're introduced to that through a commercial, whatever it may be. But I think. I think the other aspect of it's not even about the kids, it's about the parents. The parents mm-hmm. compare themselves to each yeah. other where they know their neighbor was able to provide their kid this experience, that mm-hmm. trip, or those kind of clothes, or that kind of car, or that kind of phone, where lots of times gifts can get so twisted this time of year because for the gift giver, it's not even about the gift receiver. Mm-hmm. It's about that gift giver trying to keep up with other gift givers, yeah. and they're wanting to have the same kind of status of life, and that's where it gets really jacked yeah. up. St- status symbols are very much a part of yeah. gift giving for children Christmas. I think also too, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the idea of the, trying to gin up a relationship where there's not one through mm-hmm. the way you give. Commercials take advantage of this. Like yeah. you think about uh, diamond commercials, right? <laughs> where this guy goes he into a store. Jared. He went to Jared. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, I, I hope you heard the snide. Anyway, you, you can tell we don't go to yeah. Jared very often. <laughs> in case you can't tell. But the uh, you know, in those commercials, you have these people and the guy brings out a ring, and all of a sudden the girl's like making out with them yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. It it if you ever really take a take a step back from the experience and watch these commercials, <laughs> what are the messages that are being said there? It's if you give a girl a diamond, then she will love you and yeah. give and you don't understand women, but this this is something that you can do to make mm-hmm. them do what you want. Or, yeah, uh, I mean, and you know, a lot of times people get taken advantage of where it's like, hey, if you give your kid your grandkid this toy, all of a sudden they'll think you're cool and they'll love you. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean. It's it's nice to give them gifts, but I mean, th- there's a lot of manipulation that happens yeah, in the midst of that. And it goes back to that point. I think that people perceive it as the easy way. Like we, yeah. it's easy for us. Like we would love relationships to be transactional because mm-hmm. if it can just be me give this and then I receive that, mm-hmm. that life's real easy that way. But yeah. it also is a very selfish relationship. And I think the way we receive the love we want comes through relationship and obviously communication and caring and selfless love. Um, but that's a lot harder than, yeah. than, you know, relying on, on things. And so, well, and also giving gifts that show that you thought about the person themselves. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've, I've, I frankly have, have had an issue with in the past is when people give other people, here's the gift list that I want for, for Christmas. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't freaking care. I don't want to well, see your shopping list. I want to, I want, if I'm going to give you a gift, I want to express what I know about you yeah. and, and what I, and what I love about you and give you a gift that reflects that. So that like, if I know somebody loves um, hiking or something mm-hmm. like that, I'll give them something that goes along with hiking because that's me acknowledging I care about you and I appreciate this yeah. part of your, your personality. And even if it's not about the person's personality, the receiver, even if it was just something that came from your own heart, that yeah. clearly came from that. Like I, I thought actually this popped in my mind yesterday. I, I got in our pantry. We have some cookbooks in our pantry. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a Christmas gift, but it was a wedding gift. Same point applies where I looked in there and there's a binder we still have in there that we use fairly regularly and there's recipes in that. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I honestly, I feel bad. I don't remember who gave it to us, but mm-hmm. I do remember it was a wedding gift and mm. it's it was put together and the whole thing the binders filled with like personal recipes that they yeah. put together that they put in there that truthfully they were too broke to go get us some nice appliance or something mm. when we got married but they custom made a binder to express just their love for us and trying to give us something tangible that would be helpful in marriage mm-hmm. but I, I think that was just a good reminder of you know that was an impactful gift and it's funny that actually i still have in my pantry versus mm-hmm. you know most things the toaster and all the yeah. other junk i got 
for the most part, it's all gone 12 years later, yeah. but that, that actually funny enough still in there. Well, and, part, and I think another driver that tines, tends to happen too, are the kinds of gifts that are given and that, you know, toward kids, a lot of the gifts we give them actually make our relationships with them worse. Where it's like you give them a video game system, they're just gonna disappear into their room to play with hey, Unless you go pwn noobs with them. If you, go, if you go play with them, that's a whole nother thing. Are you a gamer? Come on. Formerly, formerly. Carlos, I'm, we're I'm, now on Twitch. Did you know I'm, that? I'm, I'm hoping Jacob, Jacob actually will get into it a little bit more. I yeah. need an excuse to go back and play. But I mean, it is interesting. I mean, like the difference between giving a kid a, like say a Nintendo system that's designed to have party games and interaction right. versus a PC or a PlayStation yeah. where it's like I've got to play I'm going to play this game for 38 yeah. hours in order to in order to beat it. Good old digital babysitter, man. You know, right? I know. That's what they but are. I mean, but that is I mean we have to be careful I think that in that approach of uh, pursuing status symbols that we don't give them gifts that wind up hurting the relationship yep. because it encourages division within the family to go do their own thing. I agree. Cuz I remember a lot of Christmas mornings where we would get all those kind of electronics and stuff that we wanted and we all went to our own spaces. <laughs> and, I agree. And we stopped interacting with each other, right? I agree and you can't always give the kid what they want to yeah. that point. Yeah. I think I think uh like using even my own household, I'm your your girls, I don't know if Kate's there but like Emma's nine. She mm -hmm. wants an iPhone, yeah. and she wants an iPhone because <laughs> I know. And we laugh, but oh, you know, you know why she wants an iPhone is because her friends have iPhones in her school that are her age. And mm -hmm. so, and if you're listening to this and your kid has an iPhone, you're nine. I'm not trying to judge you. I personally do not think that's a wise decision. <laughs> but but I'm not going to do that for my child. Just give him a nail gun instead. It's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's just a safe. <laughs> yeah, and, and and for for her, you know, I'm telling her no. But I think. But it's it's interesting. But if by some people's logic, the way you should love your child is give them what they want. Well, what yeah. if what they want's not even good for them? Uh -huh. um, which is a whole other realm of Christmas. Is so often we buy stuff. It's like, why are you even buying that for them if it's not good for them? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you could go down the list even beyond technology. Yeah. And then you get to the realm of the truly selfish, where you buy something for someone because you love them and you know that they love you, and they because they love you so much, you just give them something that you want. Now, see, <laughs> I do I do that with my children all the time. Yeah, I give them things that really I just want. That, yeah. that, there's nothing wrong with that's that. That's what the Christmas candy thing is. I mean, yes. it's it's part two of the Halloween candy tax. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit here about how we've gotten to this point in culture. And I mean, it seems pretty clear that gift giving of itself in and of itself is not wrong. Um, but that our culture has taken it to a point where it's warped it and it's it's made it a primary when it wasn't a primary thing about Christmas. It was a, an action of love and outflowing of it. And so in this next section, then we're going to talk about how then can if, if gift giving in and of itself is still a good thing and, and is still a, a proper reaction in our faith of expression of love. How do we do that? How do we and how do we avoid the pitfalls of uh, gift giving in our in our world? So. Hang in there. We'll be right back as we continue talking on Get Behind Me Santa on the Citizen ATX podcast.
we are going to start talking about the positive side of gift giving, as we've taken a lot of time to say a lot of negative things today. You know, <laughs> just I'm just I'm, I'm like a little dark cloud. You know, I just float along and. <laughs> Rain on everybody's parade. But anyway, so we're going to talk about, in this section, the good sides of giving gifts at Christmas and, and how gift giving at Christmas time can rightly reflect our Christian faith. So Jonathan, where do we start in this part of the conversation? If gift giving in and of itself is not evil, how, what things are positive or, or are good or are biblical about the way that we give gifts? I think it's important for everybody to know, like you just said, it's it's not wrong. In fact, I think mm-hmm. it's good to enjoy things. So I hope also you hear that, like you giving gifts and you receiving gifts, there's nothing wrong. I think a lot of people carry guilt or shame if, yeah. if it's too nice or I have too much. God gives us gifts. And I think that's an important principle to establish that uh, James chapter one, verse 17, we're told that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation of change. Um, and so God gives gifts. Anything good in your life, you count it as a blessing directly from God, from mm-hmm. a good Father who gave you a good gift. Mm-hmm. So when you receive a gift, I think if you count that as a gift from God, it now becomes a spiritual act of worship mm-hmm. and your yeah. enjoyment, I believe he enjoys as well, yeah. that, that if you give him honor for it. So number one, I think that's the big key is just keeping it into perspective that the gifts you're able to give are by God's grace and the Mm -hmm. gifts you're going to receive are through his grace, through other people, that all of a sudden instantly just turns it into an act of worship, the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah. And I'll say too, uh, like Matthew 7, 11, kind of on that same, same path, uh, Jesus talks about the fact that God is um, uh, gives good, that if, if, that if we as people who are flawed can give good gifts, how much better can God give? Mm-hmm. And you know, with that, you know, one of the one of the cool things about giving gifts is that we do get to identify with the giving nature of God and, and yep. his his giving of grace and of salvation and of life. And so, you know, we talk about oh, often in the New Testament, identify with Jesus and to, to to emulate the things that he did. And a lot of what he did was give yep. and, was, and was give of himself. And so, you know, if we can identify with a good God who gives good things through the act of giving. Um, so what are some other areas of, of uh, giving gifts, Jonathan, that come from kind of a biblical perspective? Well, I would say also give more than just things. I think give words would be a big mm-hmm. thing this this Christmas for people. And this is honestly one, ironically, I struggle with as a pastor. Usually I'm pretty good with words in regard to teaching and, and those kind of things, public speaking. But the words of affirmation, encouragement, mm-hmm. speaking things into your family, into your spouse and into your kids, letting them know what you love about them, what is good, uh, letting them hear from you the growth you've seen in them over that year. If you start doing those things, that will mean way more than anything you actually ever will give them. And so I think that part is huge is don't just give from your wallet, you know, give from your heart and give through your words. Uh, And I think that's something that, you know, personally I, I have to get better at myself both internally when I think within the church, but also externally outside the church walls with, mm-hmm. with whether it be neighbors, friends, uh, relatives, et cetera. But, but I would say that's one practical thing too, is, is get beyond just the whole, like what thing would they be happy with? Yeah. The thing they'd be most happy with, frankly, would be your words. And mm-hmm. I think that would be a, just a practical God honoring thing you could do this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we, we so often find ourselves in that comparison trap, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we so want to have the perfect Christmas and we so don't want to be the person that ruins Christmas with a terrible gift. Yeah, uh, Listener, if you've never done so, go online and look up the video of Jimmy Kimmel with uh, 
parents giving their kids terrible Christmas gifts. Yeah, it's pretty it, funny. It's really funny because mm-hmm. the kids try to appreciate yeah. it, but they like sometimes like old sandwiches and stuff like that. But we do have so those of us who kind of have this nostalgic feeling about what Christmas is. Is we we look at that and say, oh man, if I if I don't give them something good, if I don't if I don't if I don't nail this gift, then I'm going to ruin Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know. It, we have to be so careful about where we put our treasure. I know Matthew 6 talks about that, about mm-hmm. putting your treasure in the right place where, where gifts are good, but it's not the real, it's not the real reason for what Christmas is. And, um, it needs to be something that supplements Christmas and is a nice part of it, but it's not the reason for it. And the best gift, I know I mentioned the the, the words, but I would throw in there, it's also your time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, giving that gift matters, but what they'll really remember more is the time you spent with them that mm-hmm. Christmas. So I think uh, making yourself accessible, that is a gift. And for mm-hmm. many of us as adults, as adults, that's the hardest gift for us to give mm-hmm. because uh, we, it's hard for us to unplug, get away, get away from whatever career or craziness we have going mm-hmm. on. But I think that's also a gift that must not be overlooked is it's your presence, it's your mm-hmm. words, it's your presence. And yes, whatever's in the box helps. But mm-hmm. but if you have the words and your presence done first, mm-hmm. what's in the box honestly doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. It really doesn't. Well, and so let's, so let's transition in that just to kind of talk about some best practices here. Uh, with so if somebody because someone said someone who's listening to this may say okay uh, we've we've expressed the fact that consumerism and focusing on gifts is is wrong or not that focusing on gifts is a, a misapplication of a good thing and that that giving gifts is a godly thing if it's focused upon correctly so what are some best practices for folks like if they're if they are right now driving to the local <laughs> mall like somebody who lives in the like the 1970s mm-hmm. uh, or surfing online for whatever. Yeah. Uh, gifts they are. What what kind of what kind of best practices can we give to folks uh, who, for this Christmas season? Best practices. I think it, it depends partly at like your stage of life as well. Whether you have kids, you're married, you're single, etc. But but I think find a way to be generous amidst all that. Budget your generosity. I guess mm-hmm. to put that just plainly, because uh, you are going to spend money. I, you mentioned about a thousand dollars per mm-hmm. American. That's going to come out, but. You know, my question would be is, well, how do you, how are you also going to be generous even uh, even to the Lord, whether that be mm-hmm. through uh, obviously giving, giving towards churches, missions, different organizations that you can be a part of and bless during the season that are not even in your family, that are far mm-hmm. away and removed, but it's truly is an act of worship to the Lord, but you give something sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond that, like examples we'll, we'll try to do in our house is we try to literally give stuff away from our house. Like my mm-hmm. kids are going to get a bunch of new toys. Bethany's pretty good about it. She goes through their house with a trash bag and starts Mm -hmm. grabbing old toys and she does not throw them in the trash. We take them to Goodwill or to other places and donate it, get rid of it Mm -hmm. and remind our kids, you've got way too much stuff. God's given you so much. It's good. So I think whatever that means, as far as just expressing generosity, it helps fight the consumerism. Uh, When you start thinking outward beyond yourself and even your own family. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, when you're in the midst of trying to choose kind different kinds of gifts you know consider giving something that's interactive Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, isolating i'll say one of the best gifts that we ever got in my family was this kind of frankly kind of flimsy foosball table Mm -hmm. um we got it like i've never i don't ever play foosball what is that what what the heck is this but that was that christmas our family 
both immediate and extended interacted more and better than they than we ever have before. I mean, we were yelling and yeah. and hollering and watching each other play foosball and get, but it was a that kind of gift was one that was designed to bring people together. Yes. And so thinking thinking when you're giving a gift, if you're trying to help create better family time together, Pick something that will, by nature, bring people together. Yeah. Um, if, if not some, not a thing, if not a thing, then an experience, right? Yeah. Things will bring them together, like board games, mm-hmm. or things will bring them together, but then apart, like Nerf guns. Like <laughs> I, I think that's another great family experience. Yeah. Buy everybody a gun, a Nerf gun, and then let them go <laughs> loose, and they'll come together and then hate each other, yeah. uh, fighting. But it's good. Now another one. This is a don't do kind of one. Don't give a nagging gift. Now, if you, if you uh, if, some of you already know what I'm talking about, but do not give a loved one a gift of something that you want them to do. Like, mm-hmm. for the, the funny example is giving your wife a vacuum cleaner. Don't do that. Like, you yeah. just, you, you'd have a death wish with that. But yeah. you know, also it's like if if you have a if you have a relative who has really long hair, don't give them a pair of hair clippers. Mm-hmm. That just that'll get a laugh for about five seconds, but then it'll be like, oh, so you really hate the way that I look, you know? <laughs> but so I mean, we, we have to be careful that we don't give gifts in a selfish way because we want we want an outcome or we want to control somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get uh, one of the natures of gifts is that you no longer have whatever it is you give, and so right. you, when you give it, you have to. Give it willing to willingly for them to use it however they're going to use it. Yep. Um, and, you know, on that note, one thing that this is maybe kind of a side note, but oftentimes we put strings on the kind of gifts that we do, like especially if it's an expensive one yep. and then we feel like it's not being used well. Uh, I mean, the re- when we're talking about this, you know, if you give someone a gift by nature, you are kind of relinquishing control over that yep. thing and you need to be prepared. They're going to use it how they're going to use it. And so... Number one, if you're doing that for a child, make sure that you're comfortable with that, yeah. <laughs> that with what you're giving, uh, they can handle. Um, but also, if you're giving, if you're giving an expensive gift, if you're if you're going to struggle with bitterness because of the way they're going to use it, maybe don't give them something quite so expensive. Well, how they're going to use it, and then also even to put it further into the adult realm, you know, that you might not get anything in return for yeah. it. Like, can I say that in the context of I think generationally in families, like for instance, as uh, parents, grandparents, sometimes, and it's happened often all across the world where people will give, for instance, a financial gift or yeah. give something very large that will bless that family, whoever it may be, but the giver has in the back of their mind, they're going to get something back, whether mm-hmm. it's them coming over more, whether yeah. it's them doing this or that, you know, there's, there's some kind of strings attached to the deal that the receiver already knows are implicated. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's just, you got to be careful. Like it's great mm-hmm. to bless your family, especially if you've been a uh, resource to really bless them, but, but do so, like you said, freely, just mm-hmm. like Christ, give it all without any strings attached. And I think ultimately it connects back to a principle that we talked about in one of our, these other recent podcasts is making sure you're going into Christmas, um, assured of your identity in Christ mm-hmm. that, that the, the, the way the gift is, the way the person responds to the gift is not going to make or break your Christmas. Right. And, you know, if you go in with the right attitude and the right mentality, the actual giving of the gift should be enough for you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think about the passage where it talks about how, uh, God, God, uh, loves a cheerful giver. Yep. It's that the, the nature of that is being cheerful in letting things go. Mm-hmm. And, um, I found that in my life, when I've had to make that sacrifice of giving something that I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of hard to do. I mean, that was the most valuable thing because I was able to let it go and be able to bless that person without without strings attached. To right. It. So uh, I think that that's something that will help people a lot in that. Um, 
Anything else, Jonathan, as we're talking about best practices for gift giving or advice or biblical? Only other practical thing I would say is is try to teach, if you have kids in your home, try to teach them how to be givers. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about how to be a good giver and Mm -hmm. hopefully some of this something in here resonated with you, presumably adult listening. But if you've got kids, teenagers under you, think through how can you teach them to give well? Mm -hmm. Because you will model it, but how can you force them to do it and actually show them? So in other words, think through stuff like uh, we've talked about operating Christmas child here like that's one thing I do with my kids is we go to Target every year and each has a box and they're gonna fill it up with stuff not for them Mm -hmm. and then they're gonna understand it's gonna go to someone else Um, teaching them to do small things like that of, of giving and why you give and how you give it'll help fight off the consumer mentality on the next generation behind you as well so I'd say that part the discipleship of giving try to work that in this Christmas as well All right, friends. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, We will next time finish up this Get Behind Me Santa episode with a good little bit of controversy and fighting and other things like that, which, you know, we all love to listen to. But in the meantime, um, you know, know that that as, as we're all pursuing this great Christmas, know that God loves you, that he wants, that he is the giver of all good things. And that we get that we ought to count it as joy that we get to participate in that life-giving uh, example. So take care, friends. We'll see you soon, and we'll talk at you later on this is an ATX podcast.